Welcome to the Tools They Use podcast, the ultimate personal productivity podcast covering the apps and tools to help you get things done, exploring the workflows, resources, and automation of successful individuals, and so much more. Now over to your host, Francesco D'Alessio. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Tools They Use podcast. This is your host, Francesco D'Alessio, and welcome back to another episode. So in today's feature, we're going to be speaking with a productivity expert and also a speaker and presenter, Carl Pullian. And I'll sort of introduce Carl in a second. But if you are brand new to the Tools They Use podcast, it is great to have you. Uh, I assume you may have heard a few of the other episodes, which is really great. The Tools They Use podcast is a series of interviews with different people, different industries, and we investigate what apps and tools they use. We also dive into more of their productivity processes, I guess, with those tools to help you put that into context. Obviously, we don't want you going to download like absolutely everything and getting confused with apps, but hopefully this will give you some good guidance. So all of the apps and tools that Carl recommends in this feature will be available to download in the description below. So you'll be able to find everything there. So don't worry if you're in a car um, or you're walking home or you're walking the dog or whatever you're doing, just don't worry (laughs) because you're going to have a downloadable list there with all of the right links and where it's available. So I'm really excited for this feature. Carl is someone that I've known for probably about two years now. He does similar YouTube videos to myself uh, focusing on Evernote and Todoist and he has one of the biggest Uh, Todoist and Evernote series on YouTube. They are really fantastic videos. So if you're looking to go anywhere further into both of those applications, you're going to find a lot of value from Carl's uh, videos. But Carl just doesn't do that on its own. He does uh, presenting. Uh, He also coaches as well. And Carl is an avid uh, user of all of these applications as well. He is also the book writer of uh, the Digital Life 2.0, which is a ebook that you can download. And again, I'll include all of this lovely stuff in the description in that uh, roundup. Uh, he also has a book as well called Working with Todoist. So Carl gets his fingers in a lot of pies, which is fantastic. Um, if you want to find out more information about Carl and what he does, um, he has a brilliant website that overviews everything and, of course, his YouTube channel. But I'm sure we'll get into more detail on that. Without further ado, let's dive into talking uh, more to Carl about what tools and apps he uses across his day. So, hello everyone. Welcome to this feature. We have been chatting a little bit already with Carl, uh, and uh, I think we were discussing how we actually haven't uh, spoke to each other in like a live chat before, where we've just conversed emails or or seen each other's videos. So it's actually the first time me and Carla having a real-time conversation, <laughs> which is really great fun. And, and it is great to hear like all of the brilliant like personal stuff about each other as well, because um, that can be really uh, nice to note. So yeah, um, Carl, as I mentioned, is a creator on YouTube. He also is a presenter and coach as well, something that Carl will uh, kick us off with uh, in a moment. But um, yeah, it's really great to have you, Carl. Um, maybe you. you can give a short introduction to yourself. Uh, I feel like sometimes, uh, you know, you can always miss a few gems. So uh, maybe you can give us a short introduction to yourself. 
Well, yep. Okay. Well, my name is Carl Pauline. I'm sure Francesco has already mentioned that. I am originally from the United Kingdom, but now I live and work in South Korea. I run a YouTube channel where I focus on Todoist and Evernote and other productivity and self-development areas, as well as doing online courses and writing books. And in my free time, which I do have some, I do enjoy running an exercise, traveling around and really exploring Korea, like the the hidden corners with my wife and little dog Barney. And I am a huge supporter of the Leeds Rhinos rugby team, which is a real stressor in Korea because it's very hard to watch their games. Oh, is it? Yes. (laughs) But I find ways. (laughs) I was going to say that the time zone must be a bit weird for you, right? Yes, I often spend all day Saturday while I'm out and about avoiding Twitter and Facebook so I don't see the score. Oh, blimey. Yeah, no, I can imagine that's a massive... I'm like that with the F1 if uh, I don't like to see oh. the results until I see it. It's the same. Yes. <laughs> it's great when the F1's in Asia because I can watch it live, but as soon as it goes to Europe, it's really tough for me. Yeah, and the, the same... that Well, the reverse, I have to get up such early mornings to watch it. It's ho- horrible. <laughs> um, but, but, but brilliant to have you, Carl. Um, we've obviously been in contact for quite a while. Um, today, we've actually had... Facebook nudged me this morning. We have been Facebook friends for two years. Did you know that? Yeah, I saw that too. We have. We've what? been Facebook friends for two what? years. I mean, wow. How, how this works out that we've been Facebook friends for two years and now we're only chatting, right? I know. It's brilliant. Super, super cool. <laughs> how did we um, miss that? <laughs> I know. <laughs> but so good to have you. And I think today's feature is going to be really interesting because mm-hmm. you are quite the uh, productivity app expert, which is brilliant. And you've got a whole host of apps that you use in your daily routine. So the, the first sort of questions I had for you is, what sort of work do you do day to day? I obviously mentioned that you, you, you do cover a lot of areas, but in terms of like the, the groundwork, what sort of stuff do you get? Kind of like my day job, you mean? <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Your day job. Yeah. <laughs> well, my day job, essentially uh, what I do is I work as a com- kind of like a communications coach here in Korea with Uh, professional business people. So I'm working with CEOs, managing directors, directors, senior managers. Uh, I help them prepare their presentations. So I do the design and the delivery. So I'm kind of coaching them how to deliver. So it's, it's not really English teaching, although that's what I actually started off with many years ago in Korea. This is more the nuance and, and the, the stressing of words and choosing the right words so you get the right feeling. So it's a lot deeper than just basic English teaching. Um, so that's really my day job. I'm also a visiting professor at a university here called Kyungi University, and I teach a course there called Business Creativity, where we, we teach uh, undergraduate students how to develop and start their own businesses. So essentially, that's my day job. Fantastic. Brilliant. And, and I guess that's really reflected in your work, isn't it? The fact that on YouTube, when you do all of the stuff, the presentation of Carl's videos, if you haven't yet watched them, um, are really fantastic. He goes through all of the great like, details um, of each application. So uh, that's clearly reflected. Um, and I guess that leads me into the first question. This is sort of like productivity app section. Um, and for everyone uh, watching at, or listening at home, I would say watching, um, <laughs> for everyone listening at home, uh, you can download all of the apps in the show notes. So don't worry if you're driving or running or whatever you're doing. Uh, don't freak out that you need to note something down. 
they're all going to be available to download. So yeah, Carl, um, what is your daily to-do list application and why? Well, my to-do list app is a, a, a application of choice is Todoist. It's kind of the core of my whole system, if you like. So Todoist is the one that I go to. And the main reason for that is, first of all, it's simplicity. Um, I came from OmniFocus about three or four years ago. And I love OmniFocus, and I really would never criticize it because it is a fantastic application. But for me, I, it just has way too many features. Mm. And I came across Todoist probably about five years ago and always had it and always looked at it and just looked at it with those like, you know, anticipation thinking, I really want to use this, I really want to use it. And about three, three and a half, four years ago, I just went all in and I've never looked back. It, it just, it's powerful enough for power users, but it's simple enough for beginners. And I can't really say the same for OmniFocus. OmniFocus is brilliant for power users, but it's a really steep learning curve. And for me, to do is just, and the, the beauty of it, I mean, it's the, the simplicity just wins every day for me. Uh, and that's really why I use it. And it, it's so reliable. It's mm. never crashed on me, touch wood. <laughs> hundred <laughs> percent yeah it's it's got a good like offline abilities right yes absolutely it's just i mean it's never let me down on any of my devices which is really surprising because i can't say that about a lot of the apps i've used <laughs> that's it yeah um and, and i guess inside of to do is what are the features that i guess like let's say the three features that you use on a regular basis uh my biggest my favorite one is the emailing to inbox because I use that the most and I just love that feature. But if we go a little bit deeper, uh, the thing I really like about Todoist is the filters because that's where my kind of geeky self gets to play. Okay. (laughs) And, you know, filters are so powerful with uh, Todoist. And the only other one thing about Todoist, which is actually one of those hidden features which not a lot of people talk about, which is their search functionality is just incredible. Oh, 100%. It's so detailed, isn't it? Yeah, it's like keyword, it'll find it. Uh, Tag, it'll find it. Even if your tag isn't exactly spelt right, it'll find it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's just brilliant for things like that. Fantastic. And Mm. um, I guess one of the the things I didn't actually know about you is sort of that you used OmniFocus before. Um, mm. what were the features inside of OmniFocus that you like? I know we're sort of going slightly off topic here, but <laughs> I just want to understand uh, what sort of stuff did you like? The, the big thing about OmniFocus for me, I actually started OmniFo- using OmniFocus when it was OmniFocus 1, and actually it wasn't the prettiest app out there when it was mm. OmniFocus 1. OmniFocus 2 is much, much better looking. The aesthetics is 100 times better. Um, but the reason I actually used OmniFocus was because it was the closest one that I could create for GTD as modified by myself. Yeah. Um, a lot of apps, cause I, I actually, before that I was using things, things one. Oh yeah. Um, and things really kind of pushes you down the GTD road, which is great. Um, because I, GTD is the core of my whole productivity system, but it didn't allow me to be that flexible around the GTD principles, whereas OmniFocus did. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Uh, and, and a lot of, actually, to be honest with you, the other thing that actually pulled me towards OmniFocus was a lot of the people I was following in those days, uh, David Sparks of, you know, um, the Mac Power Users podcast, uh, Merlin Mann, 
all those people were all using OmniFocus and they were always singing its praises. And I just thought, I've got to go in. Yeah, yeah. You got uh, um, <clears throat> positively influenced, let's say. It was. And I, I, there's no regrets there. I mean, they, they were absolutely right. It was brilliant. But I'm not quite the power user that they are. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm pretty much the same with your sort of process there. Like I, uh, it, it is very advanced and I'm not sure that it's too advanced for me in terms of the process. But um, I mean, you know, well, that was, I think that was the final straw. I just realized yeah. about, way about three or four years ago, I was fiddling around with OmniFocus way too often. It mm. was like fiddling every week to try and find a different way or better way. Yeah. And that is another reason why I love to do it is because it stops me from fiddling. <laughs> but if I really it, yeah. want to fiddle, I can fiddle in the filters. Yes, you can. Yeah. Cause that section you can pretty much go crazy with, right? <laughs> yeah. And you can just play around with that to your heart's content and that, that, you know, that, that just does it for me. It keeps me happy. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. And, and, and the good thing, if you're listening along, um, Carl is quite the expert in Todoist. Um, I mean, he, he downplays it here, but he's created, I think it's like 150 videos in the Todoist it's working with the series, right? We are close. So that's crazy. Like having, so if you're someone that's like listening to this and going, you know, I might learn a bit about Todoist, you're going to find something there, <laughs> which is... Well, the funny thing is, it was supposed to be only 20 episodes. Yeah, <laughs> that was the original I remember plan. when you were like starting out and you, you said like, you know, but 150 later, that's crazy. Yeah, we're up to about nearly close to 150 now. Wow, that's incredible. <laughs> and... um I mean, this one's sort of an obvious because you mentioned it a bit before, but what is your note-taking app of choice? It, it's got to be Evernote, and that one is my longest-used app. I've been using that since 2000. Oh, I think it's 2008, but it would be late 2008. I think it mm. might be just early 2009, so almost 10 years I've wow. been on with uh, Evernote. And that's another app, to be honest. It's never let me down. My notes are always there. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's very consistent, Evernote. Oh, uh, it it is, and I know a lot of people wish that it was updated more often and they added more features. I'm perfectly happy with their, you know, their slow rollout of new features because, you know, you just feel comfortable with it. Yeah, then they're not trying to rush to make things over. I guess they have, like, I, I think what a lot of people find when they download Evernote is it's complex in the sense that there's a lot of features to be used, but in its simplicity, you can get on with it, right? Yeah, I think, well, that, that might actually be part of their philosophy is like it's powerful enough for the power users to, to get their fun. Mm. But it's simple enough, it can be simple, as, simple enough for just anybody who just wants to dump their notes in there. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think it actually works for both. It, not, it's a really hard thing to do for app developers. Are you developing for people who are not really into going deep into an app? Or are you developing for power users? I think that's a really difficult problem that uh, app developers have. But Evernote seems to have managed to bridge that gap. Yeah, they have. And I think they've done it well. And they have. you are, again, a very uh, expert in this field. You've created, I think, over 70, 80 videos in the Working with Evernote series, which is, again, really amazing to uh, have as a resource. So kudos on that and of course how did we do that <laughs> <laughs> yeah like 200 plus videos there amazing um yeah. and and bringing you away from those two resources uh to do this in evernote um 
organizing your calendar how do you go about doing that oh that's my weak area <laughs> okay um okay so i i should be honest i i've been a mobile well go on, it was dot mac account in the early 2000s <laughs> and it was mobile me and now it's icloud isn't it well i've been using a, a apple calendar since uh, dot mac wow. so must be well over 15 years and actually toward the end of last year i realized that when I make appointments with like yourself for this one, it all mm. comes through Gmail. And a lot of my clients here in Korea are now on Gmail with their calendar. And so when we're fixing up appointments, I was having to kind of double click on the, I think it's the ICS um, oh, yeah. file yeah. that comes with it. And I was not getting the information that really I wanted, whether, you know, how many people were confirmed in the meeting and so on. So actually last year I switched over to completely Google calendar because I, we have a um, English consultancy company here and also the productivity side of my business. So hmm. the two have separate calendars, but now I've got it working, but I still feel calendar is my weak area, but for all intents and purposes, I'm running through Google calendar now for everything. Hmm. And the app that I'm using mostly is actually Fantastical. Brilliant. And that's on iOS and is it on <clears throat> Mac as well? It is. Now, <clears throat> I say mostly because <laughs> I really like <clears throat> the design of Apple Calendar on iOS. Yeah. Really beautifully laid out. So sometimes when I'm in that, I want a really clean interface mood. <laughs> I switch back <laughs> to my Apple Calendar. But yeah, I would say... 80% of the time, I'm <clears throat> fantastical, both on Mac and iOS. Brilliant. Um, I, I know what you're talking about with that <laughs> in terms of being in a mood for certain. Um, I was only speaking to uh, Mike from Asian Efficiency for the first podcast in the series, and mm -hmm. he was saying that uh, he uses BusyCal on Mac and then uses Fantastical 2 on Mac only for the menu bar to be able to quick add stuff. So it it can get really detailed in yeah. your setup. So, you know, the calendar, <clears throat> I think the calendar can be quite a lot of people's weak link. Yeah, no, I, I feel like it's, it's a hard area to master though. So <clears throat> it's not totally everyone's fault. Um, talking about sort of uh, in terms of like big picture stuff, mm. uh, in terms of tracking projects, is it Todoist that you mainly use to track projects or do you use some other tools for that? That's a good question too, because up until about six months ago, I would say, yes, it was all Todoist. But now for the big picture kind of view, I've moved over to Asana. And I have to thank um, <clears throat> Steve Dotto for that, because he did a video on how he tracks his content creation every week. Okay. And I went, oh my God, that is just perfect. Um, I think partly because I like to keep my Todoist clean, and I don't want to see hundreds and hundreds of tasks every day. Mm. Um, but to shift out just the content side. So I'm not shifting out the tasks. So, yes. for example, uh, one of my objectives in the first quarter of this year for the consultancy business, the communications business, is to, do, to move our four main courses onto online courses. Okay. And I'm tracking all that in Asana. So not the tasks. So a task for me would be like, um, edit video number four. That would be in Todoist. But the actual days that I'm recording, uh, the days that I would be editing, that's all in Asana. Okay, brilliant. And uh, is there any sort of like 
extra additional integrations that you like with Asana? Like, do you have any set up there? Absolutely not. No, I've just got it absolutely basic and I'm using the columns for mm. the different um, setups. So an e- probably an easier way of, because most people may be more familiar with like, if you were creating like for the YouTube videos, which is also uh, kind of planned, yeah, planned in Asana. I just have uh, one, two, three, four, five columns. So one's planning, then in production, which is essentially when I'm recording. Yeah. Post production is the editing. Next column is scheduled. Um, and the final column is published. Now, at the end of the month, I uh, archive all the published ones so I can see how many videos and content I produced each month. That's a, um, that's a good tactic. Yeah. Yeah. So essentially, there's just five columns in, in like my YouTube or like blog post. Um, so like today, I was uh, finishing off the planning for this weekend's uh, Todoist video. And hmm. I just, I think I was on the subway this morning. I just had another idea and I just dumped it into Asana in that card. Oh, okay. Uh... So I'm not even using Asana's inbox. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, the, just, it's the board function that you like it's the board function i'm using and i, I remember when i did a video on uh, how i'm using asana a lot of people said you can do that in trello and yeah i know i have played with trello in the past mm. the reason i only chose asana was because i saw that video by steve dotto and i just went oh wow that is brilliant that would work <laughs> so it's, yeah i know i could do this in trello there wouldn't have been any problem i just picked asana it's probably Steve as well. He is he he does attract people to a lot of good apps, doesn't he? He does, yes. <laughs> He's very good and at that. Enthusiasm for it just I think it caught me as well. Yeah, that's it. I think uh, like sometimes uh, I feel like me and you are very enthusiastic about apps, but then I look at Steve and I'm like and you know, he's on another level. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what yes. a great guy. Um moving away from the software side of stuff now. Mm. Um, hardware. What are the devices that you use across your day for, I guess, your phone, your laptop, and a desktop if you have it? Yeah, my, my, um, my workhorse computer is my uh, 2012 27-inch iMac, which is still going strong. Wow. <laughs> um, and I, I used to have a policy of every four years uh, change my desktop because it was such a vital tool in my workflow. But this one I got in 2012, I think it was August 2012, and it still just works. Um, yeah. Not as fast as my laptop, which is a uh, one of the, I, I think my laptop's about two years old, and it's you know the um, MacBook Pro. Mm. I mean, that is incredibly fast. And to be honest, I do edit my videos on my laptop simply because it's got more power. But, you know, writing and planning and even using uh, Photoshop and designing stuff, you know, the desktop just works absolutely fine. And it, it is my, it's the beast, I would say. Um, it's not the fastest, but it certainly can do most of the hard graph that I need it to do. Fantastic. And, and, um, and your phone? Yeah, my phone is, um, actually, the funny thing is, I was thinking about that the other day. I realized that my phone, when it comes to like uh, productivity, for example, it's just a capture tool and a reference tool. Mm. Um, so essentially what I'm doing is, I, um, in, I very rarely look at the today view in Todoist, maybe toward the end of the day. But during the day on my phone, uh, I'm opening up Todoist all the time just to capture. And I'm using 3D Touch on my... I've got an iPhone 10 now, yeah. which is... Oh, that thing is just unbelievable. Do you like it? <laughs> oh, it is, it is 
I know you could always argue that every new phone you get is the best phone you've ever had. Mm-hmm. But if I, I've only ever had smartphone-wise um, iPhones, and the only other one that really impressed me was the iPhone 4S. Okay. Uh, when yeah. came out. That was a brilliant phone. All the others, including the iPhone 6, which was a nice phone when I got that. But to be honest, it, it was just a good phone. But the yeah. iPhone 10, it takes it up to a completely different level. Um, it's yeah, no, I'm, I'm really yet to... I'm yet to have uh, like, well, I've played around with it a bit, but I'm, I'm yet to upgrade from a six plus and I've heard so many good things about the X. It just, you know, the only problem is is when people ask you what's so good about it, it is really hard to explain (laughs) because it isn't, it's, it's, it's more about the feel and just the way it runs. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like a dream. It's like the phone you always wanted, but never believed it was possible. Yeah. Okay. So Um, sounds like an Apple ad there. (laughs) <laughs> sorry yes I'm joking say, yeah. I'm joking uh, <laughs> I know so, so it's all mainly Apple devices you use then it is I mean I got into the um I got into the Apple ecosystem way back in 97 when my ex-girlfriend uh, father gave me his old Apple performer 64 or something oh, okay um, I've never looked back I've never considered going to Windows it's not that I have any problem with Windows it's just I would have no idea how to use one <laughs> you're, you're sold on the mm. the experience and it's because they're so reliable like in when it comes to all of the apps that we talked about just a moment ago they just work don't they on Apple they do um, as I say it's a, that's what I need I, I just the, the thing I really hate is apps that are unreliable mm, and you know, with, with Apple products, I've never had any problems with reliability. So I, I just stick with it. Fantastic. And mm. you mentioned a few of the, the apps that you use on your laptop. Um, mm. Maybe you could give us some insight into some of, and these don't have to be productivity related. They could just be stuff that you use for work mm. um, that you just want to give a shout out to. So maybe three of them uh, mm. that you do appreciate for whatever you do on uh, sort of your devices. Well, there's... The biggest one, the one that I'm probably using every day is Keynote. Okay. Um, I design all my presentations, obviously, in Keynote. Um, I, I do occasionally use Photoshop, but it's just when you're designing something in Keynote, it just works a little bit faster. But that could just be me because I'm just very used to Keynote. Um, and actually, the other thing I use Keynote for is sketching out logo designs and um, other sorts of designs. I, it's kind of like a playground for design. For me, um, brilliant. Once I've got an idea of what I want or what I want to create in terms of like logos or something like that, then I would shift it over to either Photoshop, which is actually my preferred one, or if it needs uh, a bit more specialized work, I would probably use um, Illustrator. But my preferred choice is always Photoshop. That's another one I'm pretty much in all, all the, every day. Yeah. So that's two. Okay. Uh, Ulysses is my writing app of choice all my blog posts any written work short form or long form is done in ulysses although if i could just add a fourth because it's related to the writing I'll go for it yeah <laughs> all the books that i write are done in scrivener because it's probably the best book writing app out there scrivener, scrivener is brilliant for writing books but for short to medium form writing it's just ulysses i just love that program yeah, I've heard some really good stuff about it. I mean, I've got to try it out a little, um, but Mike, who was on yesterday, actually called it out as one of his favorite apps. Um, yeah, it's, it just, just so good, apparently. Brilliant. 
And the beauty of Ulysses is whether you're using iPad or using laptop, desktop or iPhone, it's just so easy to write on it. Yeah. Quite often I've been on the bus coming back home and I'm writing my blog post on the Monday. I start it off on my phone while I'm sat on a bus. When I get back home to my desk, I just open it up on my desktop and bang, I'm, I'm back into it. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's probably something that as I look to write a bit more, maybe that's uh, a recommendation I need to go for. Mm. Yeah. So those would be the three stroke four. Keynote, Photoshop, <laughs> Ulysses, Scrivener. I love it. Um, and sort of moving on to team communication, obviously, I, I, maybe there's a few situations across your day. Uh, do you use any team communication tools? Um, like, like um, yeah, because I actually have a few. I have a few group classes with uh, managers in some companies. Mm-hmm. A large pharmaceutical company here, for example, I've had a group class with their national sales managers for. We were calculating that eight years now. Wow! <laughs> um, yeah, every uh, is Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday mornings at seven thirty a.m. Oh, wow! That's uh, <laughs> early meetings. <laughs> I know. I love those guys though, and we actually use uh, a, a Korean app over here called Kakao Talk. Okay. And we have it set up as a group. Um, it's a bit. I suppose it's just a bit like WhatsApp, but it's the Korean version. Okay. Um, but we use that all the time for communicating. We share files through that. Um, we share um, like confirmations that can attend the class or not. Um, I also use the same app we use with a large hospital over here uh, that I do a nurses class twice a month with. And okay. we communicate with all the students there um, through Kakao Talk. So it's probably one that most people are not familiar with um, <laughs> listening to this podcast, but it's called Kakao Talk. But it's pretty much the Korean version of WhatsApp. But it is obviously available in English. There's, you know, it's, it's available on the app store. It's, I think yeah. it's very popular in Malaysia as well, I heard. Okay. So if anyone looking to do business over there, then that's probably the go-to one, right? <laughs> yeah, get, get familiar with Kakao Talk because everyone over here has it. Ah, I've never heard of it, so I'm going to have to get the, the right spelling from you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, you will because you're going to put it in the show notes. So. <laughs> yeah, I will, yeah. <laughs> um, and that sort of moves me on to a good uh, topic, email. Um, what app do you use for handling emails? That one for me now is Newton. It's Newton all the way. Um, the only thing I still use Apple mail occasionally on my desktop because I use Apple's automation tool, which I've been using for years to send out, uh, some regular weekly emails to my students. And it's basically the, the automation that I've got set up is just, I drag a, um, PDF file onto an automation icon, if you like, and it will just automatically generate the email for me. So all I have to do then is click send. Yeah. <laughs> now, if I think about it, I probably could go into Automator and set that up for Newton. But I, I've just had this set up for so many years now. It just seems, well, it works. And I just <laughs> works. Yeah. <laughs> the other, actually, the other thing, and this might be a really good tip for people. Um, I've mentioned it, I think, in a blog post or maybe something, which is set up a, um, a separate account for newsletters and shopping and stuff like that. And I use my Gmail account for online shopping and newsletters. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't have that account set up in Newton uh, because none of the email I get from on that account is important. It's just notifications, if you like. And yeah. that is only set up in my Apple Mail account. Okay. And That's I check my Apple Mail account right? maybe three or four times a week. So 
Um, my main email accounts are all in Newton and that's the one I use every single day. And it's the one I only use on my iPhone and iPad. Fantastic. That's uh, yeah, it's actually good to hear about um, obviously like the, the, the prices you go through to separate that email. Um, mm. I know that like newsletters can be so distracting and, um, and actually that's something I do as well, try and separate them best I can. And the amount weirdly that you save money wise when you don't have these newsletters coming in just is actually incredible it is it is and as i say online shopping um and stuff like that i don't they're just notifications it's something like uh, your order has shipped <laughs> yeah. i don't need that in my main email every morning or every afternoon no so, that's it yeah um unless you've got a certain delivery time but <laughs> apart from that well yeah and, and sometimes if you think wait a minute i ordered that last week it hasn't arrived yet then you just go i just go open up apple mail and get the tracking number and find out where it is there we go so, yeah yeah so it's very it's a very static experience you can go in when you need to right exactly. <laughs> and there's no notifications of it it's just i have to go looking for it because, as i say none of it's ever going to be important so um so that's the way i use but email is basically running through uh, Newton on all my devices now. Awesome stuff. And um, moving a little from email over to planning, is there specific ways that you go through planning? Like, I guess, how do you plan for your week or month? Is there apps and tools you use or a certain process you go through? Um, not particularly. Um, I, I suppose if, if I'm planning anything in particular, it would always start off in Evernote and I always have just one single note. Okay. And basically I consider that as my playground. Ah, so I can okay. dump, uh, I can dump uh, articles in there. And usually I just dump the link. I don't have a separate sheet for a page for it. I just dump the link in there. Yeah. Uh, pictures. If I'm, if it's something that I'm looking at, Maybe I'll put pictures in there. It's just in one note and it's my planning process because I can see everything in just that one note, whether it's on my phone, iPad, laptop, desktop, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, but what I, the, the key that I have is any actions, you know, tasks that I pull out of it, I always enter on kind of a list at the bottom of the note. Mm. And then when I think I've exhausted the planning process and I'm ready to start putting it into action, I just yeah. copy and paste those into a project in Todoist. Okay, brilliant. It saves so much time. I don't have to go looking for the tasks. I just create them as and when I see them. Yeah, that's it. And you use that, um, the paste function in Todoist where you press it, what, like you press paste and it automatically creates XX amount yeah, of tasks. Do, do you want to, um, yeah, do you want to um, import these 12 tasks and you just hit yeah. yes? And, that's so that I think that actually only came out about a year and a half ago or something it like did, that. Actually, yeah. And the other thing I use, I can now do with that because I've recently re streamlined my tagging tags in, sorry, labels in uh, to do is, is I pretty much know all my labels. So I can just add them as well before I actually import the tasks. There we go. That's great. It actually. saves so much time. Yeah. You, yeah. you got some, a few hacks there to go, yeah. uh, go much deeper. Um, okay. So sort of like on the, on the rounding up part of it, um, mm -hmm. is there any notable apps that you'd like to mention, like maybe on your iPhone or on some of your devices that just help you get a few things done? They don't have to be necessarily productivity related. I could mention a few like meditation apps or uh, like resources for uh, sending stuff to people. Like, do you have any of those that just, just uh, yeah, so actually one of the, one of my, uh, 
apps that I use, I didn't include it in uh, the day-to-day -day work, but actually I do use it every day. It's numbers, Apple's numbers. I don't need powerful spreadsheet software. So um, not in the work that I do. I, there's no difficult mathematical stuff that needs calculating. I just need like, sometimes I, like for the nurses class I mentioned, I need to have attendance record. So that's in numbers in iCloud. So it's on my iPad as well as my desktop. So numbers is one of those, I suppose, not often talk about apps because obviously Excel is the, you know, spreadsheet to go to. But mm. for people who don't need all those features and don't need the power, just need a simple spreadsheet, uh, numbers is brilliant. Um, and I, I track a lot of data, uh, attendance records, um, subscription numbers, you know, subscribers to my YouTube channel. I track that on a daily basis through numbers, hmm. um, you know, all sorts of things like that. I just create sheets and I store them in iCloud. So they're accessible on my iPhone, iPad, wherever. And, and um, that's through iCloud Drive, right? Yeah, it's uh, num yeah numbers is uh, iCloud Drive because that's just one of those apps that I've. Oh, it's one. Of, I feel like I've been using that since I was born. Because <laughs> I, I used it as Dot Mac. Um, I've forgotten what they called it then. I used it as Mobile Me. Mm. I know it's had a lot of criticism, but these days it's solid. It's fine. It works fast. There's no problems with it. But it's yeah. had its days. I, I know. <laughs> that's it. You've probably been using it longer than I've been an adult of some <laughs> it's just one of those things that i i it's always worked i mean it hasn't worked brilliantly yeah but it's always worked and that's good enough for me definitely um and one of the final questions uh, mm -hmm. I, I obviously we live in very much a digital world especially me and you doing all of the most of our productivity on the digital side of stuff mm -hmm. um Actually, I recorded this morning the third episode with Ash Reed, and he goes into detail on how he uses analog experiences. Are there any analog experiences that you use in your day? Yeah, it could be even like a to-do app or like planning or even like journaling. Is there anything that you like to share with us? Uh, yeah, well, because one of my passions is I love fountain pens. Oh. And I've been collecting them since I was about 18 years old when my parents bought me a, I think it was a Parker fountain pen when I wow. graduated from high school and I collect them and it would be stupid if I just stopped using them. Yeah. So I have, I have a beautiful Hermes Ulysses notebook, which Ooh. was very expensive, which I bought about five years ago. Yeah. Um, and because the paper in that is just fantastic for fountain pens and mm. throughout the day, um, when I'm face to face with clients, that's all that's on the table. Wow. So no, no laptops. Like, yeah, no laptops. No. I mean, I, sometimes I will have my iPad with me because we might have to reference something. Sure. But pretty much every note I take in a face-to-face -face meeting is purely analog. And then technology comes in because I will take a photograph of the notes. If it's kind of a long note, I will just you know scan it into Evernote. Hmm. If it's uh, just a short note with maybe three or four lines, I'll probably just type that in. Fantastic. And, um, and with the, um, the fountain pens, is it just Parkers that you collect? or are they... Oh, no, no. Over the years, that was the first one I got. Over the years, ah, though, okay. I've, I've had a multitude of different ones, Montblancs and Dunhill and uh, all sorts of ones, and I love them to bits. They're like my little children. <laughs> <laughs> Carl, you need to just start a, a fountain pen sub-channel now. 
I know. <laughs> it could be really good. It could be amazing. <laughs> yeah, so, but you don't realize the pain that as fountain pen users go through. We have to choose the paper very carefully. Yeah. You know, like moleskin paper is not actually very good for, um, for fountain pens. Yeah, I've heard that actually. And I'm actually testing a, an Evernote moleskin notebook at the moment. I'm testing it for a future episode on Evernote. Yeah. And I'm having all sorts of problems trying to find the right ink that's going to oh, work man. best with it. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's sad. They're go are they going out of production now? Then the Moleskine Evernote notebooks. I have no idea. It's just that um, I we have a big um, stationery store not far from where I live, and I just walked in thinking, oh, maybe they have them because I know they sell Moleskine, and they yeah. have quite a lot of them. So I thought, oh, okay, let's let's do it. Let's try. Yeah. Okay. I love that. I love that you have that process. Like. Um, I get, I think my only analog experience is journaling in my day and, and it takes you away, doesn't it? A bit. It just removes you yeah, from all of the digital. Well, the funny thing is for my journaling, I just put that into Evernote because I just find it so easy. And at the end of yeah. the year, I can just export it as PDF and I've got a book. There we go. Yeah. The, the, the Carl um, guide 2017. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, so, that's, that's really how I journal. But I, I do like the idea of journaling um, analog, and I have test played around with that in the past. But um, I just find that during the day, mm. um, I can be sat in a taxi or on the subway and just thought, oh, I really want to just dump this idea. You know, it's kind of a journaling idea. And so it's easier for me just to pull up Evernote and just type in. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah. the only reason I don't actually journal by pen and paper. Fantastic. Um, Carl, how can we find you? Obviously, you are on YouTube. Um, where else can people find Carl? Oh, gold. I'm on YouTube, um, <laughs> Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I'm everywhere. Just type in Carl Pauline, you'll find me. <laughs> Brilliant. I'll, I'll include all of uh, all of your links. Um, but Carl actually, the, the truth is, I, I I don't know who I learned this from. Um, yeah. I learned this a long time ago. Is always have the same. Uh, username for your social media so that people can find you. Yeah, that's it. It's always Carl Underbar and then Pauline. Fantastic. They'll find um, me. That's not such a problem for myself because my name's so <laughs> intricate. But um, yeah, I can <laughs> yeah. imagine for John Smith, it's probably a lot tougher, right? <laughs> yeah, but my computer knows your name now. Oh, my does iPhone it? knows your name too. I love, I love that. So if I type in France... Mm. He always offers me the option, Francesco D'Alesso. <laughs> oh, I love that. I'm sorry. I probably ruined no, when trying okay. to write about countries or something. 99% of the time, it's not a problem. It's just that when I came back to Korea um, a couple of weeks ago, uh, we set off, we went from Dublin to Paris, Paris to Incheon. So I was in <laughs> Paris and I typed in France. Yeah, sure enough, your name's coming up. I'm haunting you secretly. Yeah. Like, <laughs> still, like there in your keyboard. Um, yeah. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you, Carl. I love all of the, uh, I love all of the apps you use. I love the processes you go through. And I think um, it works well for you. And I think that a load of this stuff is going to work well for everyone else. So that's going to be really insightful uh, when people listen to this. So uh, I appreciate you coming along today. Um, I believe it's, it's, it's not today for you, really. It's tonight. <laughs> so tonight, yes. I appreciate you taking the time out in the evening because I know it's... Uh, oh, you're welcome. You're very honoured, actually. Friday night is my uh, grand tour night, you know, with uh, Jeremy. Oh, yeah. And uh, I've postponed watching grand tour so I can talk to you first. I'm absolutely honoured. <laughs> I'm actually... That's... Uh, I think that's... 
very useful for people. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, but I think it's going to be a really good feature. So thanks mm-hmm. very much, Carl, for coming on. Um, as You're I welcome. said to everyone else, uh, you can download all of Carl's apps and tools. Uh, in the show notes uh, and I'll include any other links that Carl does. Um, is there anything you want to plug, Carl? Because I know you've recently released uh, digitallife2.io. I've mentioned yes, it. But... <laughs> yes, the, 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 the plug, yes. Um, <laughs> have a look at my latest book which came out last month, um, Your Digital Life 2.0. If you're thinking about setting yourself up in a purely digital life, then this is the book that will set you up nicely. Lovely. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you, Carl. And uh, thank you for everyone who's listening along at home. I uh, really appreciate it. Feel free to stay tuned next week, as I mentioned, for Ash Reed, uh, one of the content creators at Buffer, which is quite exciting. So uh, do stay tuned. Make sure you're following along on the podcast app that you have. But uh, for now, thank you very much. Thank you to Carl. And uh, we will see you very soon. Cheers.